Hello and welcome to another episode of The Voice of RBIS, presented by the Students here at Safar Views International School. Today, we'll be taking an inside look at the teachers' lives. Our guests today are two of our favorite teachers, Dr. Bicker and Mr. Laplante, hosted by Khalifa and I. First, we would like to welcome Dr. Bicker. So, Dr. Bicker, how are you? How did you enjoy your summer? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I feel lucky that I got to travel, as I know many people were stuck on the island. I was able to go to Ukraine and spend most of my summer with my family in Kiev. Uh, and while we were there, we did a road trip through the Carpathian Mountains, which was an amazing experience, doing all the hiking and seeing lots of green, and it wasn't too hot like it is here. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I had to come back early because Ukraine was put onto Bahrain's red list, so I had to fly back, uh, change my flight, fly back early, so that I wouldn't have to quarantine for the start of school. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing. So we heard you had dogs. How are they doing? Uh, they're doing very well. Molly is fine. Uh, she's as hyperactive as always, uh, but she's still quite young, so that's the reason why. And uh, we currently have a, a family of cats living at the back of my villa, so she spends most of her time uh, staring at them and, and going crazy when they uh, walk past. Uh, Chelsea is 14 now, so she's slowing down a bit these days and gets sick from time to time, but uh, mostly she's fine. Okay, thank you. So moving on to the next segment, what inspired you to pursue the subject you teach? Well, I studied both geography and geology for all four years of high school, and I had the most amazing teacher, his name was Mr. Price, and he was always so enthusiastic and energetic, and our whole class was always so inspired by him. We also went on many field trips uh, during uh, that time, those four years around the UK, and really we became so immersed in, in both of those subjects. And I especially liked geography because it was about everything that is around us, and so therefore it was like more relatable to me. And it also encompassed many different other subjects such as biology, chemistry, sociology, economics, politics, and so on. And so it never it had all those subjects, but it never got too technical and not too boring, in my opinion. And then I went on to study geography at university as my undergraduate degree. And in fact, it's the most popular degree subject in the UK. Uh, Prince William, for example, did that as his subject, geography, for his degree. So that gives you some background. So we know you love your cahoots. What inspired you to do them? Ah, good question. Well, I first heard about Cahoots when I was at a geography conference in Cincinnati, Ohio, and that was around 2014. And some teachers there told me that they'd started using it and how much their students loved it. So I decided to check it out when I got back home and started using them at my high school in Florida. I discovered that it was in fact true that students loved them and I found them to be a fun and engaging way to learn and display their knowledge. So I've been using them for about seven years now, and I've probably played over a thousand cahoots in my classes over that time. And not one time have I seen a student or a class uh, saying that they didn't want to do one or that they were boring or whatever. They always love them. And we know that everyone loves lollipops as well. Yeah, we do. If you could specialize in another subject, what would it be? Well, another good question. As I mentioned earlier, I studied geology as well uh, when I was in high school, as well as at university. And at one point, I was actually looking at becoming a geologist uh, for the British Antarctic Survey and working in Antarctica. But I needed to have uh, an A-level in physics for that, which I didn't have. Uh, so I kind of fell back on geography. 
So yeah, if I could teach another subject, it would be geology related, probably earth science, because I really love uh, earthquakes and volcanoes. Interesting. So how did you find your transition to Bahrain? I actually found the transition uh, very simple to, to begin with. Uh, it was a lot easier than the transition I had from the UK to the US when I moved there. The, the school helped a lot. Uh, they did pretty much everything for us. In the group I joined with, there were 20 of us uh, who joined at the same time, and we all lived on Teacher Street, which some of you uh, may be familiar with. So there was a great feeling of camaraderie, and we formed a perfect support network together. I think the only thing that was hard to deal with was, was the weather, uh, especially for the first few months when you arrive in August. It's just um, so tough. Um, and also the people, the way they drive here is, just drives me crazy sometimes. So to end off, what advice would you give out to students? Uh, another great question. So for me, it's not about academics because I cannot expect to inspire everyone to love social studies. Some students will always love math or science or art or PE and so on. For me, the advice I would give is about personal growth. I want my students to focus on being the best person they can be by being humble, compassionate, and empathetic. If you can be those three things, you will always be happy in life and have great friends around you. If you possess none of these qualities as you become an adult, it doesn't matter how successful you are at college or in your career, your life will be one without purpose and most likely one without meaningful friendships. The students who I remember the most from 25 years ago and have, have stayed in touch with me uh, are a mix of those ones who always scored A's and ones who always scored C's and D's. But what they all had in common was that they were humble, compassionate and empathetic. Every week I get friend, friend requests or follow requests from ex-students and any who I remember as being rude or unkind to me or other students, I just delete them. So, please aim to be one of those students who I accept. Very inspiring, thank you. So moving on to our next segment, focusing on your personal life. In general, how do you spend your free time? Do you have any hobbies? I do, yes. And I guess my greatest passion is travel. Uh, I've been to about 70 countries around the world now and I hope to hit at least 100 before I retire and can't afford it anymore. I think it's important to explore new cultures as we always have so many things to learn. It also makes us more accepting and understanding of other cultures when we become immersed in them. I also enjoy photography as one of my hobbies very much, uh, especially black and white landscape photography. Uh, people actually keep telling me that I should sell my photographs because they look so professional but I just never seem to have time to investigate how to do that. So how often do you bring your UK culture to your life here in Bahrain? Hmm. Well, I've not lived in the UK for 20 years now, so I think some of that has gotten lost or mixed with the 15 years I spent in the US. Well, I do have a subscription to UK TV on my television, and that's the only type of telly I watch, in fact. Of course, I'm a big Chelsea fan, so that's part of my culture that will never go away. And I always have a jar of Marmite in my cupboard to spread on my toast. I think for everyone who leaves their country to live somewhere else, they become prouder of their own culture and like to show it off. But then when you go back, you remember some of the bad things and the reasons why you left in the first place. Nevertheless, I would always consider Britain, and especially London, to be my home. Thank you for coming, Dr. Bicker. 
Now, we will be moving on to Mr. Leplant, one of the newer teachers at RVIS. So, Mr. Leplant, how are you? How did you enjoy your summer? Well, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Thanks for having me. Um, summer was fantastic. You know, it was a long summer, longest summer that we've had in a while, and it's good to get back to the home state and see family and friends. So, do you have any hobbies? Do you still use your motorbike? Um, yes to both. Um, <laughs> I guess you could call the, the motorcycle a hobby. Um, although it's been so hot uh, here that it's hard to use the motorcycle outside of like before 5 a.m. and like after 8 p.m. is the only time that I can use it because it's just so hot here. Now, I'm so excited for it to get cooler. And then other hobbies, uh, I've been doing quite a bit of golfing. I'm a member here at the club, and so I do quite a bit of that. And I'm also helping head up the golf uh, after-school activity. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Anyone want to sign up for that? It's a fun opportunity. Right? Um, other than that, I don't know that teachers get a ton of hobbies, because normally we have to you know, do all the stuff that we have to do for work, and then there's those of us that have kids, too, kind of like takes up a lot of our hobby time. It's pretty much just golf and the motorcycle now. So what was it like moving across the world during COVID? Was it a challenge? A challenge would be an understatement, I think. Um, you know, you all get to have this really cool experience being here because you know what things were like beforehand, right? You know what it was like to live here in the region. You know what it was like to work with each other and to, you know, do school here and do all of your activities. Moving during COVID uh, meant that, you know, not only did we have all the struggles of like, oh, this business isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, and this one isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, um, but it also meant that when we got here, all the cool stuff that you guys are used to experiencing, like everything was shut down, especially coming right at the beginning of last year. It was just everything was closed, no restaurants, no nothing. I think we, we didn't go to a restaurant for, I think, a month and a half after we got here was the first time we ever got out to a restaurant at all. And even then we had to get food to go because we couldn't eat at the restaurant. Um, so it was a challenge, but, um, but it was also a really great learning opportunity. You know, we learned lots of questions to ask. We learned um, a lot about uh, our own patterns and our own preferences and hobbies and everything, and kind of figuring out what was really important. So it was definitely a challenge, but it was also a really, really cool opportunity to do some introspection and figure out what was actually important to us. So moving on to our next segment. So do you have any cool labs coming up for your students? Um, all labs are cool because science is cool, Khalifa. Thank you. Um, the, um, you know, it differs by the class. My, uh, my physics kids, um, have been working on some kinematic stuff and um, working on free fall. Um, my eighth graders are going to be starting in on designing their own inquiry projects, so those might go a lot of different routes. My 11th and 12th graders are working on designing solutions through the engineering process, so um, you're probably going to be seeing and hearing about some things coming from that because it's like using the engineering process to solve real-world problems, and some of them directly relate to school. So. Um, they're going to be doing some cool things. Um, and then in my Science of Cooking class, 
we are uh, starting in on the specific cooking techniques and how we can kind of master those and learn about those. So everyone's doing a little bit of different stuff. So like, do I have any cool labs coming up? No, I don't think I have any cool labs coming up, but I think students are creating their own cool lab experiences. So do you have any tips for students when it comes to time management? Oh, goodness. Um, that's such a big question. Time management is such a, a nuanced topic, and I think we all have struggles with it, even teachers, right, like getting to things that we need to get to. I think the thing that helps me the most with time management are lists. Um, I have lists of lists of lists, um, you know, where I keep track of my lists with my other lists kind of thing. Um, because without having a specific task that I can break down and work towards, I tend to get lost in all the details and things end up taking me so much longer than, than they really should. But if I can take a big task, break it into five, six, seven discrete little things that I can accomplish, then all of a sudden I can feel like I can get some momentum moving, I feel like I can clearly track my progress, and I don't know if any of you feel this way, but I definitely feel like I have had such big projects at times that uh, I just don't even start because it feels too big. So if I instead just work on individual small tasks, it helps me get started, it helps me keep my progress up, and then helps me know when I'm getting close to the finish line too, because that's always kind of a nice feeling. It's like, oh, I only have one or two more things to do. That and. Uh, Y'all just need to get used to Google Calendar. It's not going away. It's amazing. Use it. Okay, thank you for answering. So how do you balance your free time with your career? It's really hard um, to, to find true balance. I think the way that the teachers that do this best um, do it is you find balance in the victories that happen in class, right? Every time that we're around and you're working on something challenging as students and we see those aha moments, we see something clicks in and you're like, yes, I did it, that gives us a little bit of joy, right? And that's, that's what balance really is, is finding joy in things. So I think the teachers that do find the best balance um, not only have lives outside of school, but also find those moments in their classrooms every day where they feel successful and they feel joy because they see it in their students. Um, outside of that, it's maintaining those hobbies. That's all we have today. Thank you for participating in our podcast. We enjoyed getting to know you guys better. A special thanks to our crew, Aya, Hamid, Mahmoud, and Khalifa for producing this podcast. <laughs>